When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents. Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? Get your vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sup Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Nussel-Smith. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. The biggest topic in U.S. news is that it is hot. Yeah. Quite hot. It's dangerously hot. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is one of those topics where we don't have to worry about being New York specific because it is actually just <gasps> hot fucking everywhere. It's so hot. Absolutely everywhere. We were discussing before how I'm sure this is a problem everywhere that like when places don't normally get this hot, people don't have AC and it becomes a huge uh-huh. problem. I had been Ugh. waiting for New York to get hot because it hadn't gotten really hot yet. Did you guys notice that? It felt like it'd been like a bit a bit mild for a while. And then yeah. all of a sudden it was like, bam, here you go. Fuck, it's hot. Right, right. It was like hot girl summer. You asked for it. Here we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, <laughs> you demanded it by polluting the earth <laughs> with, <laughs> with carbon. And yeah. now you've gotten it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, I don't remember time, but some number of years ago, I was in <laughs> Berlin. <laughs> And there was a really big heat wave in Europe that year. Um, and they are not really as a lot. We're going to assume we're talking about the Pacific Northwest, as a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest don't have a lot of people there don't have AC. That's not what they're used to, because they're used to like if it gets hot, it's a dry heat. You can circulate air through your windows. A fan is just fine. We were not at fan level. We no. were beyond <laughs> we were beyond fan level. That was a pretty deadly. There was one and I think one that hit Paris like so hard and killed a lot of old people in Paris. Yeah. I mean, it was really hot and like there was a lack of air conditioning. Danny and I paid a lot of money to upgrade to a hotel that had air conditioning because we were just I mean, Danny was built to like survive a Wisconsin winter. He can't. He'll (laughs) he'll pass. He'll pass from this earth. He'll die. (laughs) (laughs) um, But every German person we met only wanted to talk to us about air conditioning. That's so funny. And they would they would be like, so, uh, but do you worry about the energy use? Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, we don't. We don't do that. Um, we don't care. We don't do that. So no, no one. They would always be like, but right. are you worried about the, the emission? We, I was like, oh, no, we don't. No one cares. We That's let that wash out of our minds. Everyone's, everyone's green until it's 
fucking hot yeah and, humid. and until you have to dry your clothes i am always the, the air conditioning thing i understand but it is i actually can understand people going without air conditioning less than um not using dryers like in most a lot of countries they just dry their clothes they let them dry they don't put them in a dryer my grandma would hang things out to dry, but I'm not used to that life. Yeah, that's a no. dry heat thing, too. That's a dry mm-hmm. heat thing, too. Like in Spain, where my partner's from, they ever no, there's no there's no dryers. Oh, it is a dry, everyone, yeah, that everyone has those like lines, you know, and that's the same thing with us, Elise. Like I am like my people are from like Scotland. I'm like built for like um, long, gloomy fucking years where it's only <laughs> sunny twice, uh, twice a year. <laughs> And then he's from like the south of Spain and kind of, and I'm like blasting the AC. He's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm like, really? That's yeah. so interesting. Mm-hmm. So record-breaking heat, as we talked about, continued in the Pacific Northwest yesterday with cities in the U.S. and Canada reporting their hottest temperatures on record. Over 30 locations in the Pacific Northwest and Western Canada, they already tied or set new all-time heat records for any day. As of today, 20 million people are under a heat advisory, but yesterday it was like 50, 40 to 50 million. And the temperature at the top of Mount Rainier in Oregon, I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah, uh, it's usually that. below freezing, but it is 73 degrees. It reached 113 degrees in Oregon yesterday. It's usually about 50 degrees cooler with that. That's numbers where you're getting into like, you're 40 degrees cooler. You're basically 80 degrees. Like, yeah, that's great. The thing about Mount Rainier really scared me. <laughs> There's something about it being just like a, like beach weather on the top of a damn mountain that's that's fucked up <laughs> right that's, that's fucked not right up. exactly <laughs> and in some areas like you said of the Pacific Northwest this is extremely dangerous the unhoused are the number one concern of course um that you can't overstate that but also the people that that do live in homes these houses especially definitely the ones in Europe, but ones in Oregon too, are actually built to hang on to heat, not to release it. So, and as we said, a lot of people just don't have air conditioning since the summer summer highs tend to be pretty tolerable. And the hotter it gets, the hotter it stays, even short periods of like extreme heat can create really dangerous circumstances for extended periods. Like I I was trying to read the science on this and it, it sort of makes sense. It's like something gets really hot. It's really hard to like, I, it's like, to me, it's like why the subway doesn't cool down. Sorry for the New York mm-hmm. reference, but the subway doesn't cool down until like Thanksgiving because it gets so hot that mm-hmm. it takes so long. I feel like for the areas deep underground that got so hot, you had to cool down. It's like my Yeti, it's like my Yeti cooler. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Precisely. I just want to, I'm plugging Yeti whenever I can so they can send me free stuff. <laughs> oh, nice. I like their commercials. Good for Yeti. So it's important to note, this really struck me reading this. Heat is an extreme weather event, just like hurricanes in a way and natural disasters. So we need to start preparing our society for this new norm. Heat, extreme heat is actually the deadliest of severe weather events. It kills more people than any other. And that's not even counting all the people who have heart attacks as a result of extreme heat and their deaths are just marked as not marked as heat related. Very small children, especially babies have very low heat tolerance. This is why you hear a lot of concern and sometimes not the best directed, but a lot of concern about babies and kids in cars in the summer. It's extremely dangerous. I mean, we talk, it's obviously important to prep for hurricanes and to talk about the impact of climate change on, you know, things happening a couple times a year, really intense things to fortify buildings. But this is something that like our bodies were not made for this. Like we can make new buildings, I think, I hope, but like we can't. I don't know. Do we evolve to, to deal with this? Uh, well, we'll have to because it is it is our 
it's no longer our future. It is our present and future. Um, that it's, it's like, it sort of feels like now, I mean, like not to be such a downer, but it's just like, you know, okay, now we have to fucking figure out how we are going to have to deal with Tear. this climate change thing that we've been talking about. Al Gore was fucking talking about it for <laughs> decades now. Poor Literally guy. Decades. So I, know. I know it's at the point where had we just been like, Oh shit, we should listen to Al Gore right away. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could have gotten a better, a better head start. We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair and skin, yes, but beyond that too. Since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great, it looks fancy on the shelf, and I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. So to talk a little bit more about the connection to a climate change, not a scientist, tried to wrap my head around this this morning. A warming planet, you know, because of greenhouse gases has caused the jet stream to basically get stuck in the summer. This traps heat and creates a heat dome. This is what happened in the uh, Pacific Northwest, which basically like makes it really hot and then puts a lid on it. It keeps heat in. And then that heat that's warming up the ground and everything else just it heats everything up more and more. It's it's self-reinforcing. This also is what causes droughts and wildfires. There are real concerns about how these droughts and heats are going to affect agriculture in coming seasons. Water in the ground from rain kind of serves like sweat does for us. It helps cool the body. So when drought happens and there's nothing to take that in, but the air, what becomes hot, the air, I guess. But then don't worry, too much moisture is also a problem because that's what can cause dangerous humidity. So 
as we've repeated sort of the whole time, if it gets really hot, you're in a bad situation for a while if you're not able to manage it. And like Brian said, we're experiencing this now, but by the middle of this century, as soon as 15 years from now, that's the middle of the century. It's already 2021. The Northeast and Midwest could be experiencing these extreme heat events very regularly. I mean, a lot of times it gets really the hottest after the longest day of the year. And I don't think we've even reached that yet. And we're already seeing this. Yeah, it's really scary. Like I was seeing stuff all over my feed about like what to do in extreme heat and like how to keep yourself cool and like all these like strategic things that I just I was like, oh, wow, I don't like I didn't know anything about this. You right. know, and it, like the idea that like you could be in an extreme heat event and it's like, OK, you actually need to know survival skills about like keeping your feet wet and like like refracting light out of your place. And yeah, like, I was as I was reading like that, that, your air conditioner could go, go off anytime. So yeah. it's like we're talking. Yes, I feel yeah. fine. I was also wrong. Actually, the summer solstice was on Sunday, June 20th. So this actually seems like exactly what you would expect after that for the heat to really start ramping up. Yeah, it, it well, it's also scary because it is one of those things where when you have an air conditioner, you feel fucking invincible, whatever. But like you said, it that can be taken away at any time. And also the more heat events there are, the more people have their air conditioner on, like that's a blackout situation. Like and that happens in New York when it gets really hot, like it'll black mm-hmm. out and people will be without their AC for 24 to 48 hours. And that's really, really dangerous if you're old or you're a baby or whatever. Yeah. And the poor babies. They don't even know. know. And I think this is what has been the challenge in Texas for the past couple of weeks. Obviously we saw what happened when there were incredible demands because of extreme cold. And here we are on the other side and Texas is saying, you know, if you want to have air conditioning at all, you need to turn it off and on. Um, but wow. yeah, I felt really weird. I felt sort of thrown back into like a March 2020 state of mind seeing all of that because, yeah, you do feel, I, I was like, well, what's protecting me from that extreme heat? Just my air conditioner. So like, I, I, I have to pick up those survival skills, just like we did for pandemics. Like a couple of years ago, thinking about what to do in a pandemic felt weird and dystopian. And now we just all know. And I feel like that's where we're headed for extreme heat and extreme weather events. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it, like you said, we, we think of climate change. We think of these like massive storms, like what happened in Texas with the, 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 the winter storm and then, you know, hurricanes. But this is like just this is going to be it too you know um yeah you don't think about it as just a hot day yeah we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have like our hurricane kit our heat wave kit our like what snowstorm kit like i guess those all include water so maybe just start with water Um, yeah (laughs) yeah that's actually a great place to start with your kit is water (gasps) that's Um, just like the one thing you don't have you have like a bunch of you guys have a kit like you guys have any kits or anything yeah I always say to Mike, I want to make a go bag, but we never have done it. I've always dabbled in the thought of the go bag. Uh, there was a point in time. Should we be saying this publicly? <laughs> yeah. By the time this app comes out, we will have go bags. So do not come for us. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do want people to know I am ready if you come for me. Yeah. What would you what would you what would be the most like something you would put in your go bag? That's like you have a little bit of space. All the necessities are there. You can grab one more thing that will fit. That's about like water bottle size. What do you throw in there? Mm. My marijuana. I think that's already in there. That's a necessity. So we can take it a step further. <laughs> yeah. Cause I also use oil so you can fit a bunch of cartridges in there and just oh, there fill go. up the front pocket of my backpack. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm good. Um, I'm good. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That I was know. we all I'm had sorry, the first. I just had an image of myself trying to fix my own vape pen and like learning how to use like electronics, like uh, John Krasinski in A Quiet Place with her hearing aid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's me to make my vape pen work and like try to charge it. <laughs> That would be very on brand. That would be very on brand. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and and of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. So you would think that this crazy dangerous heat wave would make people take climate change more seriously. As we said, heat waves are a deadly public health threat, and they can also cause infrastructure to collapse, something that's very top of mind. Obviously, the building that collapsed was a privately owned and built building. But um, to me, this it just signals like we all walk around, you know, I am in my building all the time and I'm always like, how does this building not fall down? And you're like, you know what, the people, there are systems in place to keep all of us safe to ensure that buildings are not always falling down. One should hope there need to be some tweaks to ensure that is the case going mm-hmm. forward for some of our federal structures. So fortunately, our Congress is currently considering an infrastructure package that would include a ton of spending on a range of projects to spruce things up, keep us safe, protect some of this infrastructure from what's to come. Unfortunately, they are letting their egos get in the way of spending a single cent. Have you guys been watching this infrastructure fight? It's been going on for a week. It's like, I just find it to be the most boring yet consequential thing that's going on. Like it's all these stupid people being like, it's just the most annoying version of themselves. It really is. It's like, it's like children negotiating. It's like, I know it's so important 
but it's like such a cluster cuss. I've like been like re like I've been like rereading like any article about it or like any podcast and like having to go back like 30 totally. seconds and then like having I'm like I'm like I still like I'm str- struggling to grasp what the issue is. I know, I but, know, me too. Yeah. So let's try to spell it out. So here's what's been going on with infrastructure fight for the past week or so wanted to wait on this because like, I don't know, I have a theory that the word infrastructure is where like engagement goes to die. Like, <laughs> I try to talk about it in an interesting way, but this is actually, we're going to talk about more of the personalities in it. So they've been talking about this for about a week. I think on Friday, president Biden and a bipartisan group of 10 senators came up with a bill. It was under a trillion dollars. Uh, this is Republicans have been reluctant to spend. I think at one point they didn't want to go above half a billion they said, we have we have a deal. A lot of Democrats were upset with this bill because it contained little in the way of care infrastructure, um, which is just ensuring there's care for the elderly and children as we move forward and anything related to climate change. Biden tried to say, do not worry about it. We'll handle all that ourselves. We'll do a big reconciliation bill later because those bills, when they're related to spending and revenue, Democrats can do with their simple majority and have Kamala Harris come in and break the tie as they did with the $1.9 trillion Uh, relief bill before. So he tried to reassure progressives by saying this publicly, but he went a little bit too far with it. He basically said, don't worry, I'm not going to sign the bipartisan bill unless I also get a huge reconciliation bill on my desk at the same time. Those were not his words, but that is what his his statement implied. Republicans were very, very upset. They were very sad to hear that uh, Biden thought that their bipartisan bill that they were happy with depended on them also just letting this huge Democratic bill go through. They threw tantrums. I'm not going to go through what all of them said. I'm just going to pick my highlight, which is that Senator Rob Portman of Ohio said he was pissed and disappointed, quote. Okay. Pissed Rob and disappointed. Mitch McConnell, who has never been part of this bipartisanship effort, threatened to urge his colleagues to withhold support. So Biden walked back the statement because the Republicans got scared. He clarified he did not mean for the bills to be linked and that he was going forward with the bipartisan bill in good faith without basically holding it hostage in connection with the bigger bill. Then Bernie Sanders got sad. Bernie Sanders was like, wait, what? Like, now I'm worried you're never actually going to do that bill. Republicans keep saying whenever Republicans act up and say they don't like the idea of that and they won't move forward with anything bipartisan, you've just showed that you will concede to them. So now Bernie Sanders and other progressives are starting to signal that they might oppose the bipartisan bill unless it has climate provisions. They're saying, well, look, sounds like we can't even count on this. So we want climate provisions in there. And I believe that's where we're at this morning. Bernie Sanders has been a little hard to read on this. He's sort of like not outright saying he's going to not allow this bill to pass. But, you know, it's sort of the progressive Democrats turn to say, like, hey, you said this. Now what? So I think this leaves Biden in a pretty tricky spot and possibly one that I think could symbolize how governing is going to work in this Congress for the next couple of years. What do you guys think? Number one, my first thought is I was like, Joe, don't say anything about that. Just do the reconciliation bill on the side, dummy. That's what I keep saying. Why did you even say that? Why did you say that? It seems like everyone knew that this was like what he was going to be doing. But then he just like said it. And they're like, well, now that you said it, he didn't have to. He hadn't even like super formally committed to it. So then to say. Well, don't, I'm not going to sign this reconciliation bill. Like, right at, listen, I don't think Republicans are negotiating in good faith, but like, I get it. They have just walked out of there. And then he's saying, well, I'm not going to do this unless I do this, which you guys don't want at all. 
But a lot of the people that were freaking out about it weren't the people that were even like in the negotiations. And Republicans have since come forward, the same ones being like, we feel we feel better about everything. Well, As Bernie is saying, I don't. Republicans and moderates or whoever, they, these guys, they just want to be able to say in 2022 that they voted for something, that they voted for the bipartisan bill. And then they're just going to be like, oh, and what about that reconciliation bill? They're just going to like not even address it. This Because it, it, it happened with the COVID relief package. They like were like praising this package that none of them voted for after the fact. So they don't really have any like the Democrats have that to run on. The, the Republicans don't have any bill or platform to run. On. Like they, they yeah. their platform was Trump. And now that he's gone, I mean, and maybe he's running again in 2024. But like, as we saw, that didn't help them because right. Democrats have the House, the White House and the Senate right now. But you wouldn't really know it, would you? Um, exactly. <laughs> but Katie. yeah, I'm, I mean, it just seems it. And, and I just feel like it, this is the way it's always been done. No, like I do this. You do that. Um, it does feel no. like a return to form in, in, a, in a way. But it is very funny that nobody made Joe Biden go up there and yeah. say, we pr- like I promise I will get you the massive Democratic wish list. And even Democrats are like, dude, that was between us. Yeah, say yeah, that like, on the phone in private. Right. Oh, if only because. Even there are Republicans who are like, fine, whatever, do that with them later. But I can't be seen not publicly opposing that. Mm-hmm. So why did he have to go there? Right. They're so fickle. Like they're like like these Republicans, these 10 Republicans who are even willing to do anything are like fucking deer. Like you can scare them away at any second. And this is the perfect thing for them to be like, well, sadly, I love our bill, but now that I know that the Democrats are going to try to help babies, I yeah. I can't support it. Like, you, yeah. it's just um, it's annoying. I know. Mm-hmm. It's very annoying. But also, I do think that progressives should push to get something in the climate bill. I feel like it's progressives who are always kind of backing down or putting their stuff to the side. And I I do feel the same worry that I'm like, is Biden's climate agenda like, is this other reconciliation bill going to get passed or are Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema going to be like, I don't like yeah. the process. Sorry. What assurances, what assurances do they have? You know, like yeah, so, yeah, that yeah. all 51 are going to vote for it because I that's my thing is I'm like, OK, you guys are talking about this in for this other bigger bill like it's a done deal. And all we've seen is that that people on our side are more than willing to be the one person who's stopping some important shit from happening there. There are several people on our side who actually want that to be their brand and their thing. Right. I do wonder if maybe that's who he was talking to because cinema and mansion, I think we're both in that bipartisan group. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think he just wanted to like, like you said, like they're all Republicans are never going to be in good faith. They're always going to be so fickle. And it's like, we always have to tiptoe around them that, this wasn't even that big of a like mistake, but they're so fickle that it's like you have to you have to get on their level and nothing they do is on the level. So you constantly have to be anticipating how they're going to take what you say and spin it to excuse themselves from from not doing anything. Yeah. 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 I mean, as we've been saying, this seems to foretell how a lot of governing is going to go, but it looks like Biden managed it well. He got on the phones. He smoothed things over. Everybody's in a good mood now, except even on NPR this morning, like I said, Bernie was like, he he couldn't straight up say the, the interviewer was trying to ask him, like, so are you going to oppose the bill or not? And it sounded like he just wanted people to think that he might and that, you know, 
progressives also have a voice uh, at this table. But before we end, mm-hmm. Brian, is there any updates with uh, your sister and your your to come niece or nephew? Yes. So um, very exciting. Um, she had her baby yesterday. She had ah! a baby boy. Yeah. Name Joey. All is well and Joey. healthy. So. We love it. A so new nephew you. for so. Brian. Yep. I have five or four nephews and one niece now. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. That poor one niece. She needs a friend. I mean, she does have friends. I'm sure. Yeah. She's a tough, she's a very tough little lady. So yeah, very, (laughs) very happy, very exciting. All is well. And mom and baby are healthy. So exciting. That's wonderful. Until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.